0: Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch.
1: It's that
0: time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about... work. Work.
1: Yes, it's a nice pause here at the start of the shelter footy cast. Will Schofield, Mark Readings to get you through your weekend of footy round twenty review. G'day, Skeet. How are you, mate? Scoey, great to be
0: here. Yeah, we're getting towards the business end of the season, aren't we? And uh, look, some teams were hot on the weekend. Some teams were like the Perth weather, very cold, including <laughs> a team we both tipped on Friday night. But yeah, so many machinations for the top eight and the top four
1: still on the table. Please do not talk to me about the tipping. I'm not in good areas. I haven't been for a long time in the tipping, but uh, it is good fun on this show. The Shelter Footycast, live from Backchat Studios. The Southern River Band, of course, playing off the top there. Going to have a chat with the boys from the Southern River Band, maybe across this show or Backchat, one or the other. Cal and uh, the boys over there. Um, Yeah, really enjoying their stuff. We're going to have a chat with them. We do this every Monday and Thursday. If you are listening, you can watch us over at YouTube. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can listen to us on a podcast. bit of a West Australian team, we get through West Coast Freeman, all the rest of the teams, get through your weekend of footy. Find us on uh, find us on socials, shelter footy cast, or send us an email, footycast at shelterbrewing.com AU. We have the Shelter Footy Cast Derby Preview night at the Federal Hotel coming up, skate. Yeah, looking forward to that. It's on the twelfth of August, so two Fridays away.
0: Yes. Should be good. I think there's a pretty big game on that night anyway. Yes. So get along to the federal and Uh, support what should be a a good night footy bit of chat a couple of guests have a
1: a shelter and away we go St Kilda Brisbane is the game that night so we're gonna have a bit of a look at that game we're gonna have a couple of couple of little sneaky guests down there yep a couple of schooners off the wood down there at the federal so it'll be good make sure you uh watch across our socials across shelter socials and you can find all the details there let's get into it I think skate uh West Coast, oh, some 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 big issues of the weekend. Perhaps first, did you see Jake Helsham ripping down the jumper on uh, on Friday night? What'd you make of that?
0: Yeah, he pulled it down, and then I think it might have been uh, Petrarca just sort of threw it away on the ground as well. It was a bit of fun, bit of humour, and oh, I didn't mind it. Were
1: you, were you calling the game? I was for radio, so I was watching on TV, and um, I first saw it, and I just thought. You absolute flog, Jake Melsham. What have you done? No wonder Stevie May belted you. All those things running through my head, right? Because what you could see was just the front of the Frio jumper, like some kid hanging over. Like, settle down, mate. It's not that big of a deal. Anyway, about halfway through the game, they bought the reverse angle of Jackson, number (laughs) six, a, an adult holding the jump and I thought I completely went 180 and said good bloke Jake Melsham standing up for his mate his teammate and I felt I felt bad I f- thought so poorly of Jake Melsham it, it was it was a bit of humor uh, as you say once you saw the the
0: background of it the, in context uh, but and it, funny that because I, I was hosting a function prior to going on air and Brian Taylor came in and uh, was interviewing him his first Comment about uh, Jackson when he said, look, I've been told reliably that Melbourne essentially have given up. They've conceded, it's done, it's dusted, he's leaving. Now, we can only assume that Fremantle are that club that he's going to. I just wonder whether West Coast are are just lurking in the background, just... uh Maybe having a throw at the stumps at some stage
1: on this. He's a local boy. It'd be silly not to. You wouldn't want to be paying overs, especially in West Coast situation, where they probably got themselves into some sort of salary cap trouble. Salary cap trouble only gets spoken about when you're not going well, by the way. Um, it's all good to pay your pay as well if they're playing well and they're winning. Yep. But um, obviously West Coast not doing that at the moment. How was BT? I did an event with him on the Thursday last week. Very, very good value for mine. Is he a per- little perky? Up or was he just no, he was good. We
0: only had five minutes and I asked him about the 100 goals that he kicked one year back in the 80s. And, yes. and he was fantastic, embellished it all. And obviously it's all about me, not the team. <laughs> so it was all good. It was all good humour. Um, but you mentioned, we mentioned West Coast, of course. In the next couple of days, I think it's going to be official, we've thought this for some time, that Josh Kennedy will announce that Adelaide will be his his final game, and off the back of that, well, it looks like that curtain is closing that Shannon Hearn, Russell Gibbs declaring in the last 24 hours, and we sort of thought that anyway, that Shannon Hearn likely to go around in 2023.
1: Yeah, I certainly held the belief that Shannon Hearn would want to go on in 2023, like, and you know, whether I hold it against the club or not, if they did get rid of him, it doesn't really matter. But I think he's probably earned the right to make the decision. True. Um, some, some people would disagree with that and say, well, play it doesn't matter, it's a business. You're either required or not. I think he is a required player. Does he play every game next year? This is Shannon Hearn. Uh, I don't know if he does. Uh, you'd like to think that um, players underneath him would take his position. Now, I spoke about this on radio, on 6PR, in terms of, Uh, you know, devil's advocate would say Shannon Hearn um, is taking someone else's spot on the list, right? Or not even spot on the list. Maybe if he's playing every week, you know, a 34, 35-year-old playing when they've got younger guys they need to expose. My answer was, if these young blokes want to take his spot, earn the spot, take it, Mm. right? He's been doing this for a long time. He's been consistent. He prepares well. He sets the standard on the track. He recovers well. He's rarely injured. Have a look at what he's doing. Take what he's doing and beat him. You know, there, there'd be so many players with more talent and more speed and more things than Shannon Hearn has. He's getting old, so there needs to be players that can step up over him. And and from what I've seen, there's not, which is was an indictment on the young players at West Coast. Yeah, line. very true. Uh, just quickly,
0: Josh Kennedy, if he's pulling the pin and, and a farewell game against Adelaide, why wouldn't he? Somebody ask, why does he just play against in the derby the following week? Is it, is it the yeah. the home home Game for West Coast where they can put the bells and whistles on it. Is I, that the only reason?
1: Well, I think that is a big reason, right? They'll be able to do the big lardy da and I don't know get a get the angry Anderson on the back of a convertible driving around the. I don't know what they'll do, but they'll be able to do a lot more than what they do. True. Trio, I do remember interviewing Shaw McManus. Now, I can't remember if it was a home game for West Coast or Freo, but he did speak about how important and how much he remembered the opposition fans and West Coast specifically cheering him off. His last game was a derby. Yep. A- and uh, oh, I wonder, oh, I'm wonder. i sure the Freo fans would do the same for Josh so. Kennedy. Yep, He's I- never been a, a malign player. He's just been a fair, unbelievable, you know, record-setting, goal-kicking player. I think you'd clap him off, wouldn't you? Absolutely, and just
0: one final line on Josh Kennedy and Fremantle. Reliably told in the last 12 to 24 months that there was an overture for oh, yeah. Josh to finish his career at Fremantle, which yeah.
1: I'm not sure how much thought he gave it. I think he gave it a little bit. And that's definitely that was definitely on the cards. Very close with Justin Longmuir, of course, over at Fremantle, who brought Mark Lecrae in to teach them how to kick goals. Um, you know, debatable how that's gone. Um, Lekha's role in that football club at the minute, yes, correct. But uh, that was definitely on on the table. So I'm glad to see that he's been a two club player. Didn't become a three club player. Uh, played most of his time with West Coast. He's been an absolute gun. He retires. Shannon Hearn should go on, and and I don't know if West Coast move anyone on. Let's get to the rest of the round. We are on the Shelter Footycast with Will Schofield, Mark Reddings. Melbourne defeat Fremantle Friday night footy, which I could talk about. Jake Malkstrom ripping the jumper down. Um, that's about as close to the Fremantle Football Club got to doing anything likely to Melbourne. They didn't look like it all night. They were f- they were outclassed in the first five or six minutes. And You knew
0: when Melbourne, uh, once that ball was bounced, essentially they're... Their whole their guns got rolling, and Vi, Jack Viney was he was he was an absolute star for them. And even if uh, Oliver was being sort of nullified to some degree, they they were just terrific across the board. And they showed us why they're the running premiers. Uh, I guess from Fremantle's perspective, and you are a bit frustrated by a couple of things that you'll explain. But even watching when they had the ball uh, inside defensive fifty and and just moving it from there on in, there didn't seem to be like the the transition that. That has been successful for them previously now whether that's melbourne denying them that opportunity or whether that was their own
1: cautious approach i'm not sure i asked that directly to justin longmuir yesterday uh sorry on saturday uh on 6pr and he he answered it it was both he, he said that it was you know melbourne are a great team and defended well but you're always going to say that as an opposition coach. I think more likely it was the ball carrier, and and I think it was pretty obvious early that they were coached into doing that. Whether or not they were wary of Melbourne's counter attack and they weren't sure if their defence could hold up. But but going into that game, I would have thought the only way you could beat Melbourne is by taking the game on and putting their defence under pressure. That, you know they've only won three of their last eight games or whatever whatever it was. When they get put under pressure, Melbourne, they look susceptible like anyone else in the competition, but allow them time to set up. May, Lever, and these sort of guys. Fremantle just looked, they looked dreadful. It looked really like they, it wasn't embarrassing. I don't like using that word, but they they didn't look up to the standard of Melbourne, and it was because they were moving the ball so slowly. And
0: just quickly, the the wet weather, I'm not sure if that was an element which precluded them from being able to do that, but is there anything in the fact that their ability to play in the wet, is it something that is real
1: or a myth? Well, you'd have to say off time and what's happened that it's real, isn't it? Um, The games they've played in the wet this year, they haven't been able to perform. Is that to do with the way they play? Like They are... They are a highly skilled side and they they do rip you apart by the way they transition the football. And so if you can slow that down, which obviously happens in the wet, then teams look poor. You know, Tabena was, you know, unsighted. Lobb didn't do a lot. He had a great, you know, start to this season, but didn't do a lot in that game. As we hear Dan cracking (laughs) a shelter. shelter. (laughs) Yeah, Well, you know what? It's about bloody time to crack a shelter. I think so. I might pull one just next to my thing. But can Freo play in the wet? Not, not really. I think it's fact, not fiction. And also, I
0: mean, having Lever and May together, I think the stats will show, the numbers will show, when they are both in the side at the same time, Melbourne's chances of winning uh, are significantly enhanced. So that is an issue for, for Mel- Fremantle on Friday night. Their forward line was, I think they've kicked, what, 19, 20 goals in the past three weeks. Can you officially say that flag meant... Flag Mantle is
1: finished. No, absolutely not because we have too much merch over behind (laughs) Dan to (laughs) sell. Backchatpodcast.com.au forward slash merch. Get around your team, Fremantle. In all seriousness, that's a nice little segue and and joke, but you can't get down in the dumps when... Look, I know Melbourne haven't been in the greatest form, but they are the reigning premiers. They are a very good side. We've been saying that on this program for a long time. They've been out of form. They're still a good side. They're not a good side. They're a very good side. And yeah, if you correct. were to put
0: the two teams right now, even before the weekend, who thought probably we're going to make the grand final? Geelong and Melbourne would still be
1: probably in most people's minds. So I know it doesn't go the way that you'd like. You like it, Freo fans. But if 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 that's going to be what I've heard over the weekend, the re, you know oh, we can't we can't make it. We can't win it now. You can. There's still three weeks out. You can, you can use this game to see what not to do, how to improve, and get better. It, it's not like they've come through a season and we haven't seen them play good football and how they're going to do it. We've seen them play the very best football, like some of the best in the league. So they just need to find that. Can they? That's the question. But don't, don't let this ruin flag hopes, especially here on the <laughs> Shelter footy cast.
0: Well, what I'll say is, and I've said this for a long time, uh, ever since we knew Fremantle was playing some good footy As uh, Scully gets a, a, a ref- top up I'd love a refill thanks Dan. No problem uh, Is it If they ended the season Hopefully with a home final Winning a final I know you're thinking grander than that But mm. that would realistically be A big tick from
1: me And a lot of people yeah, you'd love to see them play a home final, wouldn't you? It'd be good for WA footy. You've seen a lot of success with West Coast. Seen a, you know a lot of big games for the West Coast Eagles. And, and rightly so, Fremantle We've seen some big games that they've played in here at home. And it's a very different crowd, Fremantle and West Coast. I'd love to see a rocking Optus Stadium full of Freo fans, but... Time will tell. Um, good luck to them. I still think they can do it. I don't think throw everything out now, they can't do it. That's not where I sit. I'm still pretty positive on them, but they'll need to change some things. So In a hurry. That's what. Well, that's why I think it's positive. Because they were so poor, they at least can go, right, we cannot play like that. We will not beat sides. So this is how we're going to do it. If they, if they go down to Melbourne playing that brand of footy and they lose by three goals, they go, oh, maybe we can etch some wins by really, being really defensive. Clearly... They can't do that, so they need to keep it moving. Bulldogs, Derby, Giants, got to win two of the
0: three to, to obviously keep themselves well entrenched in the eight, but also hopefully
1: sneaking up into a home final. Big game coming up next week against the Bulldogs for both of those sides. West Coast play uh, the Gold Coast Suns at Metricon uh, Sunday. Um, it was an interesting game. West Coast had started really well, then fell away, as we've seen them do a lot. Uh, halftime, they were down by about five goals. But they worked their way back into the game. Uh, It looked like they threw caution to the wind a little bit and went very close to knocking off the Suns. Yeah, absolutely. And Jack Darling, six goals, uh, equal a
0: career high for him. He was outstanding. And at the other end, Marby Ochoa, who we know he came from the Tigers and... Never really thought of him as a goal-kicking forward, but he's, he's found... He's had a great year. He's had a really good, good year, hasn't he, for them. So, some nice moments today. It it almost felt, although the margin was only three points, like a bit of a garden-variety victory for the Gold Coast. They they set up their victory in the first half, and then West Coast came back. Um, they showed a fair bit of ticking. Now, whether that's because, you know, they thought, you know, it's Gaffy's 250th. they fiftieth.
1: They're obviously, the talent was there to push the Gold Coast team, which is not filled with superstars either. No, it's not. I mean, I do look at the Gold Coast season and think it's a pity they lost a couple of close games because they were a game or two in front of where they are right now. They're really challenging Richmond, Bulldogs and Kilda for that eighth spot and then they're, they're not going to be. There's three games left. There are two games outside of the eight. I don't think they can make it. Some people have said this keeps their hopes alive. I don't think nah. that's true whatsoever.
0: Although, Isaac Rankin, I'm just going to say. Gun. Gun, superstar. He, they have to keep him. And we give, you know, he gives Cops a bit of a whack himself. But Jack Petrucelli. always the first bloke you want to – Tip a bucket on if things go wrong for him. And yeah, get three goals and you know, a small four
1: dollars to kick a couple. So, yeah, give him a pat in the back for that for sure. It's funny um, how that works. I mean, there's just there's just always players in in teams that people want to rag on. And Petch is one of those guys at West Coast, and there's a few others in West Coast, but you know them at Fremantle. You know them in every club. I, I always look at it from an internal point of view. He's highly valued at West Coast by the players and the club because he brings something different. And and sometimes guys that do things differently, they don't do everything right all the time. They're not consistent. But that's why they're able to do the freakish things. You know, you, not everyone can be a Chris Judd or a Gary Ablett and be consistently freakish. Some guys just do freaky things every now and then. And if they can build some consistency in their game as they get older... Hmm. It's good, but you just, you're just you not going to see 20 touches no. a week out of Jack Patricelli. But, but he's got
0: speed, and if that can be used yeah, correct. in the correct manner, in yep. a creative manner, whether it's from half back or whether it's in the forward 50, uh, yeah, hopefully there's better times for him.
1: We both picked uh, the Dockers. Cheers for that, skate, And we both picked uh, Gold Coast. So we're at one and two for the start of the weekend. Let's get into the rest of the round, I think. Uh, Collingwood defeat Port Adelaide by six points. Collingwood are just doing this for fun now. They're taking the piss. They go, we're not gonna, we're not gonna win by two goals. We can't do that. Let's just bring it back and get everyone's hearts going a little bit. Six points. They beat Port Adelaide. Oh, to be honest, uh, Port Adelaide weren't really in this game. Collingwood sort of just felt like they were you on reckon? top. Uh, I just felt like Collingwood were on top, and they held them at hands length a little bit for most of the game. Yeah,
0: possibly. Look, the numbers, the stats say that. Well, certainly possession wise, Port Adelaide had so much more of the footy, lots more handballs. Now that doesn't justify saying they should have won the game but yes uh yeah you're right it's a it, there is a mindset element to this where Collingwood know I haven't, I haven't said that word today yet. they have got uh in a tight game the ability to get across the line they lead, I think led in the last quarter by two three goals they had to withstand another Port Adelaide fight back so uh, to win 10 in a row at this level is pretty good can they win the flag I still don't think so but what they're doing is they're showing us that they've got something to build on, something quite significant, and having Collingwood part of the finals is going to be something spectacular. Jase um, Burgoyne. Yes. Uh, first AFL goal, final two minutes, cut the margin to six. So there was, again, tense moments, but for those that backed Collingwood 1-39, to 39, as uh, I know... <laughs> Couple on, my really close confidants did, then uh, it
1: was a good day at the G. Cheers, you were cheering them along, weren't you? Uh, Craig McRae wins 10 in a row in the Collingwood Football Club. First, first year coach since Nathan Buckley in 2012. Wow. Nice little stat there from Charlie. I think he's chucked that one in there for us. Yeah. So Craig McRae, Michael Voss, who's had the better year? Take away Carlton's performance on the weekend. Coming into the oh, game, they're on very similar win-losses. You think yeah, Craig McRae? I think McRae,
0: even before the weekend,
1: most people didn't have
0: Collingwood in the eight. In fact, they would have, might have had them bottom yep. six. Yep. Uh, Carlton, I think the basis was there. Having recruited Chera with etc. You thought, yeah, they're going to be and They've got the two big forwards back. So, no, Craig McRae's been outstanding. Deserves to be, I think,
1: just about coach of the year. Yeah, it'd be really close. Dugowie back in the side... Adds an element that oh, people forget sometimes. <laughs> it's easy to forget because he's been such a numpty off the field. But what a good player he is. You Just keep that isolator right there. I mean, he's a gun and he can play midfield. He can be dangerous in the forward line. He adds an element that he's hard to match up against. And
0: so what do you do with Brody Grundy? Oh. I mean, he's he's being paid a, a salary which demands he... signed like a six-year deal or something, something like huge. that. Something huge. So whether he's there next year, he's still a a matter of conjecture, but they're playing so well without him, and its I suppose you'd say, well, if
1: he's fit and ready to go, he, he's still your, your best option in the ruck, but is he? Well, to start this season, he wasn't, no, and uh, that's why they had to bring in Cameron to play alongside him, and then he got injured, and it's been thankfully for Collingwood that he got injured, because he wasn't playing the way he could. Now, has he got some desire back? Has he... He, he looked... Um, not disinterested. He looked, he looked sluggish. He looked like he wasn't covering the ground well. He looked like he was lacking confidence. So being out of the side, it's difficult to build confidence when you've been out with an injury, but maybe watching the players go well without him, maybe that, Lights a fire with him. I don't really know, but maybe. Collingwood gets that done by six. Who we both pick? Sorry, Dan. I missed that one. I didn't. There Uh, we go. Will Port, Skeet, Collingwood. Okay, very good. We'll just move on from that very quickly. Sydney defeat GWS by 73 points. Both tick Sydney. um, Bloodbath. Yeah, you're buoyant about the Swans for good reason, but they've also got a nice run to the end of the home and
0: away. So they're they're top four, probably not a lot, but they're going to be pretty tough to
1: dislodge I've, aren't they? I've, I've, I can't remember but were, were you were you riding me hard on the Swans were no, you no, no, no. I, I've, You're happy with I, I had a big blue with them
0: I, I, Carl at the start of the year on Carl oh. on 6 p. I was big on the Giants being top four and I said, <laughs>
1: yes unreal and Thank I you, said
0: Sydney were more a top four team for me now I've had my doubts this year don't worry about that I've seen Sydney they've put in some really weird Performances, but
1: the closer we get to the finals, you've probably had some more doubts about the GWS Giants.
0: Oh no, the Giants! I never thought—I didn't think they were a top eight material anyway. But Sydney, and we know the young players have have had some super performances. Uh, Parker, thirty-four touches—he's not a young player, but he hits an he absolute. He continues gun. on. He's, yeah, uh, what are Eric Goulden. Thirty-three,
1: two goals, twelve marks, ten inside, fifty-six, ninety-two meters gain. The, the thing with Sydney, like they have some of these players, like Goulden and even Chad Warner to an extent. They have players that uh, I think because they're in Sydney, some people wouldn't be able to pick them out of a lineup. No, and, and they have a lot of them. That you know, there's Ollie Florent pops up. Um, he's a good player. Uh, they have these guys that play roles. They can kind of play everywhere. And yeah, I, I really like them. Uh, Mark McVeigh came out and said that. Uh, that their players embarrassed their football club um, in, in... Strong this, words. In this, well, it's the Sydney Derby. So it's the equivalent to the Derby over here, the West Coast Freo or, you know, you know, West Coast rocking up and getting done by over 10 goals. I think you'd probably hear similar words from Adam Simpson.
0: But there's too much
1: talent in that GWS side,
0: yeah. I would have thought, for them to get beaten by that margin and be sitting in 16th position with 20 points next to their name. Just, I mean, they're, they're not going to finish any lower than, than that because the Eagles are on eight. It's says something really strange that, about that that list or the culture. I'm not sure,
1: but... They it, don't really have a forward line or a back line or a ruckman. Do they? Well, Bruce uh, came back... Like the side, spec- someone, mate, I heard someone call on the TV. He's 27 years old and he's played 24 games of AFL. And there's, a, right? that's there's like, a reason for that. Yeah, he's exactly. been across four, three different teams. He, if he was a good player, he'd be consistently getting a game. You know what? We're wasting time on a club
0: that's going nowhere. The Sydney Swans. Sam Reid, as a little... Little uh, side man for for Buddy kick three goals. Love his work. Um, Sydney and so we both it? we both tips. Oh yeah, that, that was it was easy. But I'm just trying to work out what they've got for the next three weeks. So um, they're in business. Sydney, they're absolutely. They should be winning all of them. They've got an away game against North Melbourne. Tick round twenty two. Collingwood. Uh, is it Collingwood, is it? Yep. Yeah, that'll be huge. That's at the SCG, though. So that's St Kilda. That is a
1: blockbuster, and St Kilda they'll be beating, yep. uh, barring a, a disaster. Top four, thanks very much. St Kilda defeat Hawthorne by 12 points. Will picks the Hawks, another one down <laughs> the Gurkler Now, you are going to get serious. Well,
0: do, instead of just being a smart aleck and trying to maybe <laughs> bait me, how about trying to... Pick a winner. I
1: actually, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I actually can't remember picking the Hawks. Well, you, well I can because you were surprised, were you? No, Dan like, King, looked, King, King of the tips over here, Mark. No, not at all,
0: but just don't just try and like you. Don't try and do like a Cane Corn. Say something for the sake. No, of No, no.
1: Don't bring Kane's name into it. Please don't do that. <laughs> this game, please don't. Uh, look. Oh, there was there was stages in this game. Where I thought I could have come in here and told you to stop taking last the piss five and pick minutes. Yeah, correct.
0: And it was typically typically St Kilda. They, they let <laughs> they I think led by forty points. Max King put some. Um, is it Max King or Ben King? It's Max Max, King. Max 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 King put some. I think forty points up last quarter. It was a question of. Right now the percentage is going to be really important here.
1: They're lucky to bloody win the game. Yeah, they, Hawthorne came on and kicked five or six goals at the end of yeah. the game. They they lose by two goals. They didn't look like they were going to lose, but no. you could you could see people in the box getting a little bit rattly up there. Um uh, yeah, I I I don't I still don't have them um you know finishing eighth. Eighth but there's other results going on now that they they may actually fall into eighth spot. Maybe the accidental finalists, but maybe uh, they, they finish off their year with some tough games. Though they play Geelong, Brisbane, and Sydney. Yeah, I can't see them making it, and I can't th- see them
0: winning, winning another game for the I year. I said they were fake news. That's that's harsh, but. In terms of finalists and contenders, there's been performances this year that I I just don't think there's enough um, substance to them. Look, Marshall was great in the ruck. He was terrific. 30 touches,
1: 9 marks, 9 score involvements. And Jack Steele, as we saw over here in Perth a couple of weeks ago, terrific as well. Paddy Ryder, um, when he plays with Marshall, Marshall has to play more forward. You don't see him dominate games like he did on the weekend. I don't know if Paddy Ryder gets a contract at St Kilda next year again because of that reason. I think they it's always great to have uh, you know, you know, a Batman and Robin combination in the ruck, but Paddy Ryder's a ruckman. He's not a forward, whereas Rowan Marshall can play forward. I think for St Kilda to progress, they need to give him the number one ruck mantle and, and say, Paddy, you know, we don't need you anymore. he's still need a backup in that position. I know, you? but you can't have Paddy Ryder just sitting on the list playing in the VFL. I don't well, think that he wants to do that. No. I, don't think the football, I don't think he'd be you know, paid well enough to do that. He's getting old now. I think they need to just go you know, put the chips in. Ryan Marshall's our man. Yeah, he's a gun. Just uh, needs to stay on the park. And Jai Jai Newcomb got tagged by Hager I, I found that funny. Um, they've got J- Jaeger Omiro. They've got Tom Mitchell. Some good, good midfielders. But they've gone to, you know, a, a rookie uh, mid-season draft pick from last season, who's really you know taking his game to a new level. He kicked two goals as well, so he's impressive. Yeah. So look, Hawthorne disappointing for three. quarters. I think they kicked
0: one goal. I was watching up until the middle of the third quarter. So uh, really weird game. They almost won. They
1: shouldn't have. St Kilda stay in the eight. Geelong defeat Bulldogs by 28 points. It was a bit slippery down there in Geelong. There were some important mindset decisions being made down there. About 45 mindset decisions <laughs> were you made and I, You and I were texting during this game. This at the beginning of the game because there was some slipping over, correct? Yeah.
0: Well, there was. And I, I I still I agree with you on lots of your mindset uh, r- rationale, but not the fact that you slip over because your mindset's
1: not right. Well, it is. So, yeah, I will continue to say that, that I am correct there. So there, there, lots of players didn't have the right mindset. Yeah, that's right, mate. It's because I look up, right, as I'm texting you uh, about mindset, right? We're back and forth. I look up and I see Paddy fucking Dangerfield <laughs> changing his boots. He's sitting, he's sitting, he's, he's, giving Skeet, he's giving Skeet a call and says, Skeet, mate, nothing to do with mindset. I'm changing my boots. So he was putting the long studs on. I almost, uh, whatever I was drinking or eating at the time, I spewed it up. Could I asked on radio too.
0: I think it was Luke McFarlane oh. and Lee Spur. Oh, I mentioned our discussion and honestly uh, I mean, obviously- said, there was what something is, to do with a mix. I said, is it is short stops and long stops? You know, he said, oh, there's a there's a, a mix of something you can use, which which helps. But anyway, it's... A couple of
1: backmen, did they have any any sort of support for me, or was it all team skate? No, it was, oh, I
0: didn't get your side of the story, so <laughs> why should I? And Luke McFarlane never fell over in his career, apparently, so he said, yeah... Just,
1: well, so, so what's the, does he never play in the wet? Did he play, never play on slippery?
0: No. He, so it might back up your your claim that mindset. The, uh, it almost could. could. Yeah, hey? it could do. It. Oh. You know, we're talking about an issue which, really, in the scheme of what this game meant, is uh, very
1: peripheral. Bulldogs come out, yeah, absolutely smacked Geelong in the mouth. Oh, like, you got excited. I did. That's why I was texting you because I might have just backed the Bulldogs a little <laughs> bit on Bluebet, uh, but uh, they just stopped. Then, well, I don't know if they stopped or Geelong went into. They tied yeah.
0: this. So they, look, yeah. we saw some of their. I saw some of the replays at half. Time of some of their clangers, and gee, they had some uh, missed moments during the first half. But you know, it's always hard. Team, I think they kicked the first four. I think they led uh, by the best part of five goals in in modern day footy, which is exactly what Geelong did to the Bulldogs earlier in the season at Marvel Stadium. Yes, you can get back, but it's hard to to, you know use up that much petrol. But they did have a big reason, and I go back to what you've said before. Even at quarter time, and they're under the pump. I thought. Geez, Scoey's said this really strongly about Geelong and their desire, their motivation to give uh, milestone champions yep. a match to remember. And. As it turns out, they
1: they did exactly that for for Joel Silver. And Patrick Dangerfield was extraordinary, I thought. Yeah, it was the best game I've seen him play for a long time now. It must have been the stops, I reckon, he put on. Um, Some positives out of the Western Bulldogs. Jamar eugle Hagen spoke about it last week. He's very good with Bruce and Norton in the team. Because he had the... I was watching it closely. He kept getting the third defender. He wouldn't get the key, the first key, the second key. He'd get the third d- defender. And so he came out, played, you know, really good football. Uh, Cody Waitman's a good player as well. So Yugo Hagen kicked two goals. Cody Waitman kicked three. Uh, Josh Dunkley was spending a fair bit of time forward as well, which was interesting because Trelaw was out of the team for the Western Bulldogs. So I thought we might have seen more Dunkley midfield time, but he actually went forward. Took a really good mark. Yeah, he did. He did. And um, he had 25 touches to go with that. But in the end, Geelong's um, game style, uh, their their evolved game style, which we Again, we spoke about that they're they're taking the game on more. And so when they were challenged, it wasn't like they had to go to plan B, oh, we have to take the game on more. They just had to do what they've been doing. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So there's sometimes um, as a team – and you haven't been playing that way and you get down in the game, you try to start making things up and then it you know, it gets even worse, it goes to a ten goal lead. Whereas Geelong just needed to think, okay, we can do this, we can we can we've got the forward line, our midfield just need to get their hands on the ball and that's how it turned out in the end. Whoever won that center clearance got field position, goals kicked. Skilled Stadium or whatever it's called. GMHGO. Too good. Yeah. yeah too um, good.
0: And Tom Stewart, I love down back. Just he, His return to the side is, is so critical. Joel Selwood, we talked about whether he's the best cat ever or whether it's Gary Ablett Senior, Junior. Um, I think there's no doubt that he's the best captain ever that Geelong's ever had. The numbers now backed it up with the number of wins that yep. he's achieved. Um, and the Bulldogs, who you thought were well, the movers,
1: are now the groovers or what? I think... I think I was backing them to lose this game. So although I pumped them up for this game, I think I picked along. I, I did. Yeah,
0: but you—you you, you were very still,
1: keen on them going north. I still—they—I still think they can. They again, looking at their finish, they finish with some winnable games. Fremantle this week is a really big game. Yeah, both both sides. Fremantle lose, they can't finish top four. That may be gone already, but it's still in play. Western Bulldogs lose, I would say eight done they can't make finals so Western Bulldogs have it all on the line they then finish with GWS and Hawthorne well they win those two right so I think to play finals they have to win this week right and so if they win this week they'll win their last two and they win three and they'll play finals Fair cool yep. uh, Adelaide Carlton this was the upset what's of ha- the round easily what's what's happened what, 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 what has happened there well I, I don't understand 29 points Carlton going down to Adelaide have Carlton shit the bed a little bit or what's wow what? well <laughs> They, put it this way, they, look... You said to me before we got in here, Colton could miss the
0: eight. Yeah. Is that true? Well, they they've run home, having lost there, they've got Brisbane off the top of my head this week. They've got... Melbourne. Melbourne, and I'm sure Collingwood's their last game. Yep. So... They may not win another game. If they don't win another game, they're not playing finals, I don't think. Wow. Or if they are, they're going to be scraping in and, and not... Tracking too well, but that's going a bit ahead. Yeah, that that was disappointing in in so many ways for Carlton um, fans getting upset. There was a a, a a nasty element out of it with Adam Saad apparently um, accused by or there was some elements of the crowd calling him a terrorist and, and stuff that was just unsavory. But you know we. We All we have to do is educate people, which doesn't work because there's too many idiots out there. But anyway, um, he's hopefully going to not take too much uh, out of that and, and can play some good footy for the rest of the season. Uh, Brody Smith, 37 touches. And Ben Keyes, now he was the guy that,
1: alongside Fogarty, I thought, um, really had the, the sparklers on. We we speak pretty regularly about Adelaide and they don't inspire us much and we're not, you know, that Adelaide were very good. Their midfield looked good. Keyes kicked goals. He kicked three goals. Um... And he led what was going on in there. Brody Smith spent a lot of time in the midfield. You know, he he's been a backman by trade, but he does spend time in the midfield now to get some more experience through there. So he has thirty-seven touches, eight marks, thirteen inside fifties. So if you can get your experienced players like that playing well, it it does lead the way for the younger guys like a Fogarty or you know um, you know young guys that maybe don't see the wins on the board. You, you start leading by examples, and then your list suddenly does look better than it is. Oh, Fogarty's good. Oh, Tex Walker's got a few more years to go in him, mm. doesn't he? Oh, ben Keys, you know, the, the crouch situation over there is kind of a weird one. They're not, they're still not playing him. They're saying, you know, Matty Nix was out during the week saying that they haven't had a discussion about the contract where people reporting that they basically said he's not playing for the rest of the year and he's done at the end of the year. So I find that an interesting one. He was all Australian not that long ago and he can't get a game at the football club and he's having 40 touches a week in the sample. Um, but wins probably keep him out longer. I don't know. But Carlton disappointing loss for them. Um, Charlie Kernow kicks two, stays on top of the Coleman Medal, I believe. Just uh, a bit of bit of. You know, backward step for Carlton, for sure. Huge and unexpected. And uh, look, we do see this with teams
0: that are trying to play finals footy for the first time in a while, and Fremantle's experiencing it. That it's just to the back half of the year, it's sometimes difficult to maintain what you did yep. when uh, the sun was shining and the, the grass was, uh, uh, you know, had, had a bit of a fast
1: track look about it. Yep, very good. Richmond defeat Brisbane by seven. I'm actually not quite sure how this happened. I was watching along to this game, Brisbane were all over Richmond. Uh, they started very well. Richmond, of course, make their way back into the game. But Brisbane were up by... 40 points lot, plus. Yeah, a lot, a lot of points. So we both tipped Richmond. So that's uh, yeah, great for us. But I don't know how Brisbane lost this game. And they continue to not to be able to win games at the MCG. Um, they haven't won since 2015. Yeah, had some chance. It might have been 2014. 14. Yeah, and uh, was
0: Charlie Cameron... Uh, Mitch Robinson had chances late in the game there. Shea Bolton uh, just... Outstanding in the absence of Dusty May, he is your boy. I just think he's
1: no, no. He, he's your number
0: one in the AFL. I reckon. Oh, in, in terms of he's like, not the best like, player, but like watching, yeah, you just he sort your of, your eyes are drawn to him just because of the way. And he's he's had some horror moments in front of goal over the past six weeks. But twenty-four touches, seven marks, seven hundred and eleven meters gained, nine inside fifties, twelve score involvements. That, <laughs> that's is a, fair a game. Effort. That is a game. Shane Edwards plays his 300th game for the club, so that's significant. Yep. And even at three-quarter time, they they trail by twelve points. Yep. I'm using your. Methodology, you're thinking it's not like a 50th or 100, this is a 300 game player. Yep. Uh, I think only about the fourth or fifth Richmond player, fifth Richmond player to do it, that will get them across the line. And got uh, to admire Richmond, they have been uh, it, quite easily, think, seven goals to two first quarter. They could have easily dropped their bundle yeah.
1: and thought, well, we've cooked our season. They found a way. So now, now, Richmond, honestly, if Richmond had have won one of their five games they lost by under six points in the last eight weeks. They they literally would be close to top of the ladder at the moment. Yeah. So uh, you say it all the time. They're not a side you want to face in finals. That's one hundred percent correct. Uh, they're they're still playing actually pretty similar footy that they've always played. You know, sometimes you see teams evolve and change, and they're still playing that haphazard footy that that the pressure footy, that pressure. footy that it actually draws the other team into the pressure. So Brisbane are dominating, but Richmond play this way that it's like they're up by 40 but it seems like they're not and then they kick a goal and then they kick another goal and then the pressure actually comes on and it just turns into what it turns into. Hipwood kicks four, Danaher kick three. So they had their normal contributors. They just couldn't get it done. I dare say that the Brisbane Lions would have been first to 12 goals in this game and they lose 104 to 97. Yeah, it's a Carl Langdon yep. uh, theory which uh, by and large is is – pretty right, but Brisbane v
0: Carlton, and we'll talk about it Thursday, but yeah, some of these games now are going to have huge significance. It's always good to
1: see Carl Langdon wrong. Right. One, 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 <laughs> 114 to 66, Essendon defeat North Melbourne by 48 points. We both picked the Bombers as predicted. It's an absolute fizzer of the game to finish off the weekend. Yeah, well, not that much of a
0: fizzer. Because, well, it was yeah, a complete if, fizzer. If you had the total points over 172.5, <laughs> then it wasn't such a fizzer because you watch it right to the death. Yeah, I don't know what it ended up but once I saw it, got past the tick. You had a big grin. I just, I just turned over the TV, watched uh, John Daly special. Um, so what was John it on Daly's? Special. Yeah, cause I'm not. Yeah, so he loves his, his smoking and singing, darts, yeah, darts, and drinking beers, and, and a chronic gamble. I Thought this could be me if I just uh, play my cards right in the next Mark twelve years. Reddy special on your screen. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, You're right. This game was shite. Um, yeah, it was North Melbourne are no
1: good. Essendon,
0: Jake Stringer kicks a handful. Um, they're doing. Oh,
1: where's he, like? Where uh, shock and awe? Jake Stringer putting his hand up when the season doesn't matter. I, honestly, like, I, I could take yeah. it or leave him.
0: But anyway, Stringer Jones in attack kicked a couple of goals. He's okay. Uh, Zerha with four for the Kangaroos. It was a garden variety victory against a team that uh, North Melbourne are going nowhere this year. I'm talking about and Bombers. I think we move on. We're wrapping that
1: up. Uh, Will Schofield, Mark Reddings on the Shelter Footy Cast. <laughs> I'm going to give away a slab of beer, shelter, XPA, X Factor, WA only, though, Fremantle and West Coast. Fremantle, well, we can't be giving. We thought we'd be giving a lot more Fremantle slabs. We're giving away. them donuts. Absolutely this weekend. nothing. Maybe they might need a couple of quiets, just uh, quiet shelters. Maybe just, just get a couple of. No, it's nice to on the give, same give page. one to a West Coast player because they've been a bit uh, dry, yes. shall we say, this year. Yes, they have been a bit dry. Now, I watched the game on the weekend, West Coast, Gold Coast. Who was the best of the bunch here? The X Factor. Someone who stood up when. Perhaps one of their normal partners in crime wasn't out there. Yeah, well, I think it goes without saying that six goals, 14 touches, eight marks. What are you laughing at, Dan? Jack Darling. You got something for us, mate? Come on, put yourself it was, on.
0: It was, you basically gave it to him on a platter. Who oh, I, he wanted to pick?
1: <laughs> I wasn't asking him who he wanted to pick. I've already picked it.
0: Yeah, that's okay. I, I concur with you, by the way. And uh, I don't know. You know Jack better than I. Would he? Would he actually? Once the season finishes, just give these a, a, a drain a few or not? Yeah, I
1: think he actually doesn't mind a couple of. Um, yeah, maybe a couple of mixed drinks, but I'm sure he gets into it. Oh, you that, so is that soft sort of that? that yeah, yeah, I didn't oh. want to mention any brands because we are here on the Shelter No, that's cast, true. But so he's like the yeah, cocktail co- talk. No, not, not a cocktail. <laughs> just like you know, a cola and a bourbon and cola, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can deal with that. That approves? Mark Redding, A tick of approval? Just check with John Daly,
0: see if that's what he's <laughs> drinking tonight <laughs> as well. No, um, no Jack Daly great. Deserves to be the Shelter X-factor
1: player. Six goals, 14 touches, eight marks, seven score involvements, 87% disposal efficiency. I mean, it's very easy. to you're shooting the for goal. Yeah, correct. <laughs> I mean, just just keep through the big sticks, Jack. Uh, no, very good. Slab of beer coming out your way. Uh, regional footy roundup. If you've got any regional footy stories, send them through to us. You can either send them straight to us at Shelter Footycast on Instagram or send us an email, footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, Thursday, we've got to... Get, now, you've got to be serious when we have a
0: chat this Thursday about your tips because I think you end oh, up Do you want to put something on the line? For, no, what
1: are we are doing, doing next yeah, yeah.
0: year. No, no, no. No, what about just a oh, 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 once-off, once-off round? A oh, once-off round, so... Yeah, Sorry, yeah, whoever, yeah, whoever, whoever... Yeah, double... You, double you land a half-quarter uh, after doing nothing all, all season and, and I, I cop it.
1: <laughs> what do you want me to do? Oh, you're challenging me. I'm saying, would just you say like you to... Just
0: lift your game. That's all I'm saying. Don't have to, it doesn't have to be uh, anything on it, although no. I know you'd jump at the chance. Okay. No, no I,
1: I will beat you in tipping this, this week. week.
0: I hope you do because you've, you've let you know a lot of people listen to your selections given your background as a footballer and now you're coming up with you know Hawthorne
1: to win Port Adelaide. You,
0: you need to show us your better side a better version of Will Schofield. Uh,
1: well if you want your tips right just follow <laughs> along with Mark Readings on social media they will surely send you in the right direction. That's it done and dusted. See you next week. Imagine the soft